Long. Way outside for the three. It's good. He got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Texas 24, the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I am your host, Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish. I like that little polo you have on with the nice little Dave Campbell's logo. I just noticed that as I looked up. I was like, oh, wow. Hey, man, that's, it's, that's it's a different background for you. You've been, uh, you've been moving on me. I know. I know. I've been moving <laughs> everywhere. I got paint chips everywhere. Like it's, This is just a mess right now around me. But I'm making it work, making it yeah. work. And uh, we're here to get some Texas basketball news out. It's been... We did it before the draft mm-hmm. last time. And so now we get to go back and look at the draft and we get the, the summer leagues in full swing. We get to look at that. But let's start off with some women's basketball news. I'll throw it to you first and you can kind of run us down, uh, run us through that. Yeah. Uh, so we had Zay Green, uh, I believe last week, announced her transfer from Texas A&M. She originally transferred from Tennessee. Uh, she's announced her transfer to uh, Pine Bluff, which will be an um, incredible get for them. It's going to make the SWAC um, very interesting. I think they're still in the SWAC. There was like a shakeup in the SWAC. I can't remember exactly who, who's in that conference anymore. Um, I know the MEAC and the SWAC had like a big shakeup. Yeah. But regardless, uh, that's a big pickup for them. Uh, she was injured, I believe, at Tennessee, tore ACL, transferred to AM, never really quite got going. Um, and so now she's on the move again. And hopefully if she can stay healthy, it'll be a big pickup for them. Um, and, you know, kind of a loss for AM, who's, I, I guess, pretty deep, though. Um, I think they'll be okay. Like I said, she never really got into the rotation anyway. So uh, not a detrimental loss for them. But uh, still, hopefully she can she can really find her footing and go back to uh, uh, contributing. Yeah. Um, but another one, um, the other story I wanted to hint on was, I know the Olympics are done. But, uh, of course, people remember the Simone Biles uh, uh, announcement that she wasn't going to compete in the the team event. And I think the floor individual event, she later ended up competing um, for, yeah, I think so. It was was the last team event. Um, uh, Later, she revealed that it was, I believe, her aunt dying um, uh, when she was in. Uh, 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 where were the where were the Olympics Tokyo. now? Tokyo, thank you. Um, and so that was kind of why where she was in her mental headspace. Uh, the reason why I wanted to hint on that was because Kennedy Taylor, uh, Texas State starting point guard, uh, who I believe is a mass comm and journalism major at Texas State, was an intern for the local paper there um, at the San Marcos Daily Record, mild employer, and she wrote a really good column about uh, the mental health stigma surrounding athletes. And she wrote it from her perspective and her experience of going through the season uh, this past year with COVID. Um, I believe in the piece, she announced that she was the first uh, uh, COVID case on the team. Um, and she goes on to, to give a really good first person account about going through the season, the stresses that caused and why 
you know, we shouldn't be quick to judge athletes like Simone Biles or Naomi Osaka, who also pulled out of the Olympics um, due to these issues, because it's a lot more complicated than just, oh, they don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Osaka pulled out of um, Wimbledon and the Mm -hmm. French um, and then played in the, in the, that's Olympics. right. She played in the Olympics. That's right. Like, you're right. You're I, right. I remember watching it, uh, watching her. And so, but yeah, that, that, that has been, um, that's kind of, that kind of kickstarted a lot of this. And I, the Kennedy Taylor's, um, I, I read over it and mm-hmm. I really, like you said, like the first person point of view. And one thing that I kept hammering home during the football season last year, cause I think the football season, I mean, and it carried over to all sports, obviously, but football was kind of the first one to go through it that, this was because I covered North Texas last year and they was there was a whole month where they didn't play. Like it was literally over a month where they didn't play. And it was like the UTEP game and then it would, would get canceled on Thursday. And then the, mm-hmm. the La Tech game got canceled on a Wednesday. And it's just like you're preparing, preparing, and then it's gone. And so the whole last year just really put in perspective how trying and difficult it can be to be an athlete. And one thing I always preach, at least from my perspective, is and that's what, what makes this really impressive that she's able to intern at this paper while doing while being a student athlete. A student athletes just have so much on their plate. And I personally, as someone who just went went to school and did the newspaper and you know freelance and stuff, like I could never, I'm I would never be like, man, I had it really tough in college. I'm like, no, nah, mm-hmm. these these guys had to wake up at like six a.m. and go do workouts and then go to class and then go back and work out and stuff. I'm like. No, like this, they, what they have to go through on a regular basis has always been admirable to me. And that's where I always kind of like have some sympathy and empathy, at least for, for them and what they do. And I think this was a really good account of it. And the way she was able to frame having COVID and testing positive and kind of the fear, and then also like the difficulties and uh, close contact and stuff like that. And just, I really enjoy how she did that. And this was very well written from her perspective. So shout out Kennedy Taylor. Yeah, definitely. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out on sammarcusrecord.com. You mentioned it. Uh, The thing that I think that really stood out to me, and I think that that kind of ties to Simone Biles' situation with her aunt, um, is that she really wasn't, she hammers home that it wasn't really about her testing positive as opposed to like the people she was in close contact with, right? She talked about like her family, her having to tell her family, her having to tell her mom and things like that. Like that was what she was, she was worried about them more than like, herself more so more so and so like that anxiety you know obviously can translate and manifest itself in many different ways so um it was pretty it was pretty uh like you said really really cool for her to share that story especially at the time when you know that kind of topic was on everybody's mind um it seemed like everybody wanted to have an opinion about what athletes should do in those situations so uh, i really appreciated her uh delivering that so like i said go check it out it's a really good account and uh yeah yep shout out kenny taylor yep. all right let's get to the nba draft recap uh like i said last time we did this was right uh before the nba drafts and so i believe this is what six texas players were drafted mm-hmm. uh we start with davion mitchell at number nine to the kings again we we expected him to be top 10 i think that's a good fit and i'm excited to see how he fits in with tyrese halliburton uh darren fox you kind of mentioned before that you're excited for that small ball lineup with that mm-hmm. and I mean, off night was uh, on his stuff in the summer league. We'll, we'll get to that, but um, he is already looking like a defensive 
stud. Uh, mm-hmm. Kai Jones with the Hornets at number 19. I think this was about right for him. I think this is a good fit for him. I think it was originally the Knicks pick and they traded it to the Hornets. I don't remember the details of that trade. But yeah, to the Hornets, you got LaMelo Ball and Lob City with Miles Bridges and Kai Jones now. And I mean, I even like Kai Jones' fit as like a skill player, kind of yeah. who can play on the perimeter a little bit as well. I like that that uh, fit for him. And then we go to Quentin Grimes at number 25 to the Knicks, which is a little higher than I thought he'd go. I thought he'd go around 30, 35. 25 is a really, really um, good spot for him, a first-round pick. And the Knicks, I think, just needed more perimeter scoring, as was evident in the playoffs if you watch them. I mean, you had – Derek Rose, Reggie Bullock, who was their kind of like lone shooter. Mm-hmm. And then outside RJ Barrett, you just kind of needed the more perimeter scoring, especially now that Bullock is with the Mavericks. So Quentin Grimes uh, can step in over there in New York and maybe find a quick scoring role off the bench. Jared Butler, 40 to the Jazz. This was one that dropped. Butler dropped a little bit farther than we both expected here. Mm-hmm. I was, I was really, uh, I'm, as a fan of another contender, I hate that Jared Butler just fell to the Jazz. Like yeah. it's just like now they have a potentially a capable backup point guard for nothing. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the the Jazz. I mean, because you look at, I mean, Mitchell's on the court so much, Conley's on the court so much, but after that. Who even was their backup point guard last year? Our backup. I don't remember. I couldn't. I not remember who their backup. I got it. Point I, guard was. I, I got B ball. Was right. it Royce? So no, Royce is a four. Oh, no. um, I'm just thinking of the guys on the roster. <laughs> I got it. Uh, I mean, they had Clarkson and Ingles off the bench, obviously. But That's true. One Clarkson, yeah. I mean, Clarkson. He's is, he's a two more. Yeah, more of a two. Niang, no favors, no. Oni, no. I, I mean, guess Clarkson did handle the ball. I guess. I guess. Like, my, like I mean, Mitchell obviously. Yeah, when Conley wasn't on the court. Yeah, sure. So I mean, yeah, this is a really good fit for him. I think this is a spot where, with his experience and with his just uh, basketball savvy, he can shoot and he can handle the ball well. I think this is a great position for him to fall in. Like, like you said, I mean, as a as a contender, this is a spot where he can immediately step in and place, you know, 10 to 15 minutes even in a playoff game. I could see that. And because this, this is where also- this is where you get, yeah, this is where contenders have to like separate themselves by nailing these like on the margin picks where it's like they don't have the money to go splash and make a six man type acquisition free agency so they get somebody in the second round right that that's very capable so um yeah that was a, a steal of a pick i can't believe you fell that far <laughs> yep uh greg brown at 43 is also a little farther than we expected him. we expected him maybe early second we were hoping um but 43 to the pelicans i don't think is bad mm-hmm. uh or no to the to the uh, uh blazers he was his rights were traded to the blazers to the blazers all right so yeah. to the blazers at 43 that's what it was because i remember seeing him in the summer league um, yeah, I was just writing down who drafted him, but yeah, 43 to the Blazers. I, I like this, but it, a lot of it, a lot of Greg Brown doesn't really, I mean, the fit matters, the situation matters, mm-hmm. but Greg Brown himself, if he develops into the player that we think he can be, is going to be mm-hmm. a fit in almost any scenario. Yeah. It, this was a weird one because I thought Greg Brown's best environment would be a team that wasn't trying to win now. Yeah. Right. And granted, I think he might still do a stint in the, in the G league and, you know, exactly. he'll be kind of a, a two-way player, but um, for what they needed, I kind of didn't really expect this kind of pick. I expected somebody who would maybe be a little bit more ready to contribute because the Blazers seem like a team that is kind of getting, trying to get the last out of however long Lillard is there. Um, and Greg Brown, I thought needed more of an environment like, 
the Rockets or the Pistons who aren't really trying to go forward right now, right? Who is a team that can give him a couple of years and he can slowly bring him on to where in two, three years, then you have a guy who's ready to contribute uh, for, for, you know, plenty of minutes. Yeah. So uh, like I said, it'll be all about his development, uh, how sure. fast he can develop in two, three years. Um, I do agree. The Blazers are probably going to go as much all in as they can without, it doesn't look like they're going to be trading McCollum or anything like that, but mm-hmm. you know, in a couple of years, who knows where the Blazers will be and Greg Brown could be at the centerpiece or a center piece uh, in their rotation, uh, maybe in a rebuild. Uh, last but not least, we have Jericho Sims going 58 to the Knicks. And this is one that I was really happy about. I think this is a great pick from the Knicks. And um, if we want to slide into summer league, I think he's yeah. been pretty solid. I mean, I, I don't have really any, uh, frustrations about him i've seen probably about a half of his and then i've been watching checking the box scores as well he's a player that i mean as we as we know finishes lobs and block Mm -hmm. shots but with the ball in his hands he's been a little bit better than i've expected as well he's been able to at least not be turnover prone he's been able to make the right decisions and so i like jericho sims at 58 a lot i like him this was one of my favorite fits i think outside of butler i think he might have been my favorite uh, draft fit of the night um, because I think I tweeted it out where I said, he's not the, he doesn't have the high end ceiling of somebody like Kai Jones or, or Craig Brown, um, some of his teammates, but he definitely is the guy that I think will contribute the most in the first year because he's ready. Now you saw, we're seeing in the summer league, they're not asking him to do a lot. They're asking him to defend the paint, dribble handoff, roll to the rim, run the, run the floor. Like those are things that the Knicks need. If he can give them, 50 to 70 percent of what Nerlens Noel gave them last year like I think that's I think that's what they need I think that's all they need him to do right he's not going to replicate exactly what Nerlens Noel did because was a vet but I think if they can give him something right I mean in a in a Tom Thibodeau team you don't need your bigs to do a lot right like yeah. unless you're Joakim Noah right he ran out rotations of Omer Ashik at the Bulls, right? Like he just needs, he, the bigs know their roles, right? Defend the paint, shot block, finish a shot, finish a, finish a lob. And that's what he can do. And his way, his defensive instinct is a lot better than uh, uh, some of the other bigs in this, in this draft. Um, A lot of his efforts there, obviously he's not going to stretch the floor, but you know, I think the Knicks know that. So they're not going to have him do that. Um, And yeah, he's been impressive. He's been, I think the other thing that really surprised me, which I didn't really consider was, he's able to switch. And I guess that just didn't stand out to me as much because he didn't really do that much switching at Texas. Um, And so I think there was once, once I forgot, I think it was in his first game where he got switched on and twice in like a two possession span, he got switched onto the point guard and the point guard had a pass. Like he, they couldn't, he did a really good job of sticking with him. So I've been a fan of this Jericho Sims pick so far. And in the summer league, it's, it's worked out a lot. Yeah, he's probably, I mean, because they have Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel still on that team. And Mitchell uh, Robinson gets hurt a lot. So. Yeah, Robinson gets hurt a lot. Noel is, I mean, Sims could pass him up in a, a year or two, I mean, pretty quickly, uh, depending on how Noel plays. Mm-hmm. But he is, I think, the most switchable of those three pretty um, by far. And so, mm-hmm. well, it'll be interesting to see how he can kind of settle in. I don't know how many minutes he'll warrant early on uh, sure. for, for this team, but I'd rather – 
play him than Taj Gibson at the five. And Taj Gibson's not on the team anymore. I don't even know where Taj Gibson is anymore. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, they were having to roll out some interesting lineups out there when Mitchell Robinson got hurt. And so it was like Noel. And so you could throw Jericho Sims out there. And yeah. I think this is a good first step for him to carve out a solid NBA career, you know? So uh, the Knicks Summer League team has been kind of fun with uh, Grimes and Sims, but then obviously you have Emmanuel Quickly, who's just basically averaging like 30 a game. So Yeah, and I think Grimes is one of the leaders in minutes too. So like the Knicks are really trying to get some run out of him. Yeah. Um, we see Knicks, looking at it right now. Yeah, those Knicks, I, one of my friends sent me a screenshot of the box score um, from a Knicks game. And he was like, I can't believe they're doing this in Summer League. And it's like Quickly at like 36. And yeah. then it's like... <laughs> Uh, Grimes is at like 32, uh, yep. Sims is at like 34 and you're just like, Oh my gosh, they're playing. Everybody is doing the Tom Thibodeau thing. Uh, yeah. we're just playing everyone there. Yeah. The Knicks are one, two and four in the top 10, top five minutes of the, in the summer yeah, league. Exactly. But, um, the thing I like about what they're doing with Grimes is cause Grimes isn't shooting well. He's only shooting yeah. 26% from the field, but they're letting him just shoot. Like they're, that's like, they're just letting him, they want him to be that gunner off the bench. Yeah. Um, which again is what they need when they lost in the playoffs. It was because they were relying on Derrick Rose so much at this age to be their scorer. So um, they obviously, if they're paying him 34 minutes and he's not shooting well, that obviously means they're trying to just like get something out of him and just have him make mistakes and try to get better from there. He's taken seven threes a game um, again. So they're not, they're clearly just letting him go. Um, but he's also averaging six rebounds a game. That's what we know that he's able to do as well. Um so yeah, no, the Knicks are going to be a lot of fun and I hope to be able to keep up with them with two, with these two guys in the, in the team this year. Yep. Uh, another Houston player, Dejan Giroux. I saw a bit of Houston last night and mm. it was interesting to see that him, you know, starting and getting a lot of minutes there, getting a good amount of run with the heat. Uh, he didn't, he stood out on defense on offense. He kind of just floated around a bit. Uh, he's mm. still obviously going to have to find his role and where he kind of fits in there. He, I, I believe he had a nice and one finisher and a putback to my memory. Mm -hmm. uh, but on defense, it's kind of where you kind of just, he stands out. Obviously he's like six, five, six, six with long arms. Mm -hmm. And in the summer league, you can be like, all right, this guy looks like he can defend at a high level. He is still kind of thin for my liking. Mm -hmm. uh, he'll obviously fill out, but if he can continue to defend at this level, you know, um, I think a year in the G league would be really good for him. And because he wasn't drafted, so obviously right. nothing's guaranteed. It's all going to be two-way stuff at the beginning. But if he can get on a G League team and really start playing and fill out and uh, round out his offensive game, I really like uh, Dejan DeRoe for the Heat uh, if, if they keep him on a two-way yeah. deal uh, in the G League, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think he's doing a lot of distributing uh, so far in the in the G League, which is good. Like you, like you mentioned, he's kind of floating here and there. They're kind of letting him uh, get a feel for the speed of the game, which I think is smart, especially for a team like the Heat that, you know, they're, they don't need him right now, right? They're, they're a team that kind of is set um, so they can kind of be patient with him and bring him on for, you know, maybe like some late season rotation when they maybe have clinched a spot and or just give him some run here and there, so. Then we go to, I have to make sure it is Keaton Wallace on the Memphis mm. Grizzlies, who has been a, I, I wanted to include Keaton Wallace and Mac McClung in like the same pool of thought yeah. where both of them are just, they've been allowed to just shoot and they are <laughs> scoring the ball and they're shooting and both of them are doing really well. Uh, Keaton Wallace doesn't play as much as Mac McClung, uh, Mac McClung, uh, has gotten significant minutes with the Lakers 
And there was a game where uh, I don't remember who it was against, where him and Austin Reeves brought them back and ended up winning the game. And Mac yeah, was, was against the Suns. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Lakers beating the Suns, man. There you yeah. go. Um, but yeah, Keen Wallace and Mac McClung, not to spend too much time on them, but I've, I've liked both of them. Keen Wallace's three-point game has really translated 17 points um, in the Salt Lake City Summer League, uh, mm-hmm. where, where he really played a good amount. Um, and so I like his shooting and Mac McClung looks like he's able to do a little bit off the dribble, which is what we were kind of hoping to see. Yeah, I think, uh, I agree on both. I think the only difference is like when I watch Keaton Wallace, I see somebody who's, whose game very much translates, right? Like I, I eventually, you know, whether that means like a long G league stint that eventually puts him in the league or, or what, but I see somebody who can, I, in a couple of years, I can see that game flourishing. I don't know if I see Mac McClung's get, if, I don't know if you were watching, like a lot of the shots he was making were just like, it reminded me a lot of ACU versus Texas. Or it was just like, like little yeah. floater off the top of the glass in like, it was like, how'd you come on? Like, um, but again, I appreciate that Mac McClung has just been allowed to be Mac McClung. Yeah. Or it's just like, yeah, just score, man. We just, you know, so, he, there was one crazy rebound he got where he like skied over like a six eleven Phoenix forward and just like pulled it down. It's just like, that's, yeah, that's what he does. Like, you know, just let him go. The, those, those summer league fans in Vegas were, were eating it up. They, they were, oh man. Anytime there's a, there's like a short white guy on the Lakers. They just, they go crazy. <laughs> Or why that can dunk. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh, no, he, he's he's the heir apparent to the Alex Caruso hive. Oh there, man! So. <laughs> if Love he it. makes the team, if he makes the team, and they like again, it's one of those like late season games where they clinch the playoffs and they just throw him out there. Like, oh, it's gonna be showtime when he yeah, dunks. Ron Westbrook aren't playing. Like, yep, right. yep. Start yeah. Mac McClung. Get Mac in here. <laughs> oh, the first dunk that Staples Center's will erupt. It's it's over. It is over. That first lob or whatever. Oh my goodness. All right. We uh let's talk about Davian Mitchell because yeah. I this is a guy who I think could potentially just go crazy this year. Yes. And uh and might not even be with his stats, but like the way he is able to do what he did at Baylor at the next level. <sighs> On both sides of the ball, on offense, I saw some hezzy pull-ups. I saw some threes Mm -hmm. off the dribble. Uh, Defensively, we know what he does. He's getting into guys. It doesn't matter who's in front of him. He's locking them down. I'm... I'll just start with that. You you go ahead. Yeah. I'll start with that and go from there. I mean, so when when the Kings, I think the surprise wasn't that he went that high. I think the surprise was that the Kings took him right because the Kings, they're kind of loaded at back court they kind of have they still have buddy heels or they might trade or they might not of course De'Aaron Fox Tyrese Halliburton so they were kind of loaded uh it's probably a name I'm forgetting too but when you watch Davian Mitchell you realize why they got him like they want somebody who can lock down like none of those guys are good defenders um De'Aaron Fox can kind of reach in the passing lanes then that, that's kind of about it when you watch Davion Mitchell and he did it against uh, Book Knight, who is another high draft pick that's going to be expected to contribute early. Absolutely shut him down. Like, I already I tweeted this out. Off Knight is going to be one of the best nicknames in sports because he lives up to it. He's so frustrating to, to go against. And then you mentioned it on the other end. He has a he has an ISO game, right? He I can 
I think the, the the Donovan Mitchell comparisons were lazy, but when you watch him when he's in a rhythm, you get it, right? Because he has that same dribble pull up that Donovan Mitchell has when he's hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the rest of his game, I don't agree with, but I can see when somebody watches highlights of Davion Mitchell, I can see where they get that from uh, because he's so explosive and so bouncy off the dribble when he pulls into that three that it's hard to not get those kind of vibes from him. But it just makes him more exciting. The fact that he's also potentially an elite defender (laughs) that he can do these things on offense, because I was watching, you know, his first step is so insane and he can play the one or the two. And again, you see why Sacramento was like, yeah, no, we don't care if we need a forward. We don't care if we have too many guards, we're going to make it work because whether it's him with, De'Aaron Fox, him with Tyrese Halliburton, him with uh, 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 Buddy Heald, whoever they have, they're going to make it work, right? Like they're going to try to make this work with him and he can play off ball. He can have the ball. It doesn't matter because he's looked, he's looked insane so far. And I, I don't know, I, I expected him to look good, but I know it's summer league, but he's looked really, he's looked seamless basically. Yeah. Uh, I want to give a shout out to, I was just looking around at articles on David mm-hmm. Mitchell and Bleacher Reports, Dan Favell. Mm-hmm. And Favell uh, wrote uh, basically a five takeaway thing from summer league. And he, David, his uh, tab on David Mitchell is David Mitchell will haunt your dreams. And then there is, there is a bit in here that I loved as a writer, just like, Oh my gosh. So then he goes, his 27 minutes of action included flashes of off the dribble jet fuel on offense and most critically suffocating individual defense. He didn't blanket book night so much as to wear his skin for decoration. There was no daylight between Mitchell and the ball, and he might be one of the world's five toughest six footers to screen. Yeah, I thought that was great. Shout out Dan Favell from the Bleacher Report. I might have to follow you on Twitter after that. Uh, That's great. That is awesome. Yeah, no, like I agree. Like those, the those the the compilation video of like just how he was hounding book James Booknight, and it's like. He looked, he looked like such a pest and that's exactly what we kind of figured. Um, and I went back and watched some, some of the Oklahoma state game that uh, this past year. And when he picked up Cade, Cade Cunningham and it's like, it's the same thing. So it's like his size doesn't really matter. Right. In terms of like a mismatch or whatever, because he's so athletic and he uses his hands so well, he uses his body so well that uh, there was some times where in the Oklahoma State game that Kate Cunningham tried to muscle him and he drew a charge and it's like things like that. Um, and Book Knight just couldn't figure him out. And again, we should I, should, I need to reiterate, Book Knight is somebody who is going to be expected to contribute pretty early, right? This isn't a guy who's going to be out, of the, out in the summer league and playing in the G League or playing overseas, right? This is a guy who's going to be in that Charlotte rotation. So he's locking up another NBA player just from the jump and yeah, I don't know. This he's gonna be so much fun to watch, and I think my favorite part about him on the Kings is that there are gonna be some games where they're just gonna have him do that for the whole game, right? Where it's like we need you to stop Russell or show slow down Russell Westbrook. We need you to slow down Chris Paul. We need you to slow down you know just somebody, and they're not, they're gonna have him not worry about offense because they're just gonna leave that to De'Aaron Fox and uh, Buddy Heald and those guys, and they're just gonna say your job today for thirty minutes is to make Drew Holiday or whoever their life miserable, and he's gonna make mistakes, right? He's probably gonna show up on some crossing compilations, right? Because he's he's that type of aggressive defender, and defenders get caught. That's kind of part of their job, but 
he's going to be capable of being able to match up with those guys physically, which is going to be insane to watch. Yeah. And we're talking about a Kings team that was the worst defense in the NBA last year. And uh, they had no one to throw at guards. No, they had no one to throw at guards. And they were 20th two years ago, 20th, three years ago, 28th, four years ago. So yeah, this this is a, this will be a great fit for David Mitchell. And I'm excited to see how he continues to, uh, to play yeah uh lastly i have desmond bain uh obviously he's Mm. not a rookie second year sophomore tcu uh great i guess i'll call him uh he is just he's showing up he might be the third best player on that grizzlies team by next year like this is he's just going crazy right now and so uh shout out to desmond bain uh he's can he's shooting off the dribble a lot more than i had expected Mm -hmm. um He's just a strong dude. He just looks like a damn bodybuilder out there on the court. And he's just, his arms like aren't that long, but he just like gets the shot up and, and hits it. And so, yeah, Desmond Bates been impressing me on the offensive side of the ball, just with his freedom and what he's been able to do. Uh, he's been, he's been a really big pickup. He played a lot more in the playoffs than I, I expected him to. Um, and he's been a really good backup point guard for them. And, you know, it made, it made sense because he was kind of alone on that, TCU team is last year and still put up pretty good numbers. Um, but yeah, he's going to be somebody who's going to carve out a very good career for him. Looking up Matt Coleman. I haven't seen Matt Coleman much in uh, the summer in the summer league. I haven't uh, caught a lot of him. He's playing with uh, Mitchell, right? With, yes, uh, he's playing with I the saw Kings. him in the, I saw him in the first game. I didn't see much of it. Yeah, he's playing that. with the Kings. Um, had 14 points, four assists in one game. Just looking up stats right now, For so we'll sure. see. I haven't, I haven't seen him though. I, I, one of my friends saw a bit of him. It was like, you know, he's, he's all right. He's playing well in moments, but right. uh, can struggle in other situations. Uh, as we, you know, we're interested to see how Matt Coleman kind of feels out the NBA and if he can find a car- carve out a niche in it. But mm-hmm. you know, speaking of teammates, uh, Macy Oteague playing with uh, Jared Butler, correct, in Utah. I believe so. Yeah. So there was one. I think he had his debut. Uh, let me see. He had he had twenty. Oh, he had, he dropped. Let me see. Twenty six points. Yeah, this was in, this was in the uh, this was was that in the it was before Vegas. Yeah, that was the yes yeah, some the Salt Lake City one. The Salt yeah. Lake City one. The Jazz right. had two teams in that one, so they were mm. really able to split up their talent and kind of go. But yeah, twenty six points on nine of eighteen shooting. In a 78-54 win against the Spurs, and uh, yeah, they, I think that was the blue. Was he on the blue? Yeah, he was on the blue team. The white Jazz team was god awful. I watched actually watched. That was the first game. Was the the white summer league team? I think it was lost to the Grizzlies by forty or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, shout out Macy Oteague. Yeah, doing well so far. I didn't see. I I, I couldn't really. I didn't see the game, so I didn't really see if he's worked on the shot. I would expect not this early that he probably still has the hitch, but, um, you know, hopefully it's something he is kind of working on um, because I do think he has the skill set to contribute in some capacity eventually. Yeah. And he is not young either, as we've talked Mm -hmm. about. So he's going to have to, you know, get going here pretty soon. Yeah. I'm just watching some highlights right now. Maceo to see if there's anything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right no okay all right it doesn't make for I love, podcasting. I, love, I love commenting on that uh, on the video and in, in audio form right it's like uh, oh oh it's like oh if y'all could see this anyways um, no, yeah, shout out macy, <laughs> shout out macy um yeah. 
I have not seen any of RJ Nimhard, uh, even though I haven't either. Yeah. Um, summer league. Let me see what he's on the. I thought he was on the Heat. He is on the Heat. He is on the Heat. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He is on the Heat. He didn't play okay. last night in the first. I watched the first half of last night's game, uh, Miami game, but I didn't see him. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but we'll keep an eye on him. Uh, I have Olympics here, but I don't really have anything to touch on for the Olympics specifically other than, you know, we won gold and Ariel Atkins was was there for the women. And she mm-hmm. did her thing. Brittany Griner did her thing. Brittany Griner um, dominated against uh, Japan. Yeah. I saw that uh, yeah. final game. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to all of them. Yep. And yeah, man, I think that's all we got. Yeah, yeah I think we're everything. good. We're going to try to get a uh, interview next week. Uh, we're going to try to get some interviews in with some coaches. Uh yeah. We'll Maybe players, we'll see what kind of manifests, but uh, in the next couple of weeks, we'll try to get some uh, interviews going, especially with uh, me working on the magazine. I'm going to have some questions uh, coming up for them. So hopefully drive some good content that way. Yep, for sure. So we will see how all that goes and plays out. We'll keep you all updated on that. Uh, we should have a podcast out a week for the next month or so. And then once we hit September, then we'll start revving it up a little bit and go yes, into sir. the basketball season from there. So Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, subscribe to the channel on Apple. Um, follow us on Twitter at DCT Basketball. Uh, check out the site at TexasBasketball.com. Follow Ish on Twitter at Ishmael R. Johnson. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. And we'll talk to you all later.